Welcome to this week's story for A Cowboy Life, the podcast presented by Smoothie King, blending goodness to fuel your greatness. I'm Brady Tinker. Today's story is about a man who played his entire NFL career as a Dallas Cowboy. Sean Lee was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania into a hardworking athletic family. His parents, Craig and Geraldine Lee, were cut from steel city cloth. Hard workers, disciplined, and loving. Sports were no joke. Just like in life, you always hustle and you always go hard. Sean's brother was a kicker at the University of Pittsburgh. His sister was an athlete as well in high school. Sports were a major part of the Lee family tree every single day. And even from a young age, the one thing that everyone noticed about Sean was his uncommon focus. Just ask his defensive coordinator at Penn State University, Tom Bradley, who recruited Sean while he was in high school at Upper St. Clair High School in Pittsburgh. The one word that Sean, that was the intensity, you know, and it was the whole game. Like, you know, from the time the ball was tipped to the end of the game, he had just, he was so intense the whole time. You don't see that very often in, in high school players. Somebody was going to keep score. Sean won the win. Penn State's coach Bradley saw the intensity and he loved it. His high school coach, the legendary Jim Render, had a gem on his hands who ran the ball for him on offense and hit like a hammer from the safety position on defense. That was Coach Render's voice there at the end, by the way, reminding us that intense players always plan on winning. I think it has to do with the way he was raised by his father and mom. The whole family's like that, you know, the whole intensity part. Sean shared with me once that his focus was encouraged from a young age. He'd get in the car after games when he was, say, 10 years old, and he'd won those games, and then two heads would turn from the front seat and insist that, quote, the effort and the hustle could have been better, and then he would be given specifics. Coach Bradley first saw Sean play basketball, and then the next night he played football for Upper St. Clair High School and his beloved coach, Jim Render. He ran the ball that night about almost 40 times, and he had like 18 tackles on defense from his safety position. We knew he could be a linebacker and so forth, but at, at that time, we wanted him coming downhill from the safety position. If he read run, he was coming like a freight train. So let's see, from age 16 or so, he was intense. He planned on always winning, and he hit people like a runaway freight train. That goes with everything we watched in 11 years in Dallas for Sean Lee. That's one of the things that was so unique about him, his anticipation skills. When he, when he got up around the ball, they were just off the charts. You know, he, there's things he could see. He was just a tremendous football player and person and student and everything you're looking for in a guy. And, and obviously, as you know, tough as hell. Hustle and intensity are two qualities that really good football players have when they love to win and are tough as hell. You no doubt have a top-notch player. As you have probably surmised by now, Sean grew up in Pittsburgh, a steel town, a close-knit, hard-working town. And his home in Upper St. Clair, Pennsylvania was a short 30-minute drive from Heinz Field, home of the Pittsburgh Steelers home of his beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. In grade school, Sean loved the Steelers so much he wore his Jerome Bettis jersey to school, well, three times a week. At recess on Fridays, he led, here we go Steelers, here we go, and everybody chimed in. Coach Bradley. Well, I think people, you know, have to understand how close Upper St. Clair is to downtown Pittsburgh. I guarantee, you know, Sean with his 
his family, I'm sure his father had him at a bunch of Steeler games growing up. I always joke, unfortunately, I grew up a Steeler fan. It's kind of like growing up in Dallas. There's no other option. If you're raised in the bosom of Pittsburgh, it's like a big, firm hug. And without a doubt, you are a Steelers fan. Now back to another coach from Penn State who wanted to get a look at Sean Lee. Ron Vanderlinden was the linebackers coach for Penn State. He worked under the defensive coordinator that we've heard from, Tom Bradley, and he had an inkling that this upper St. Clair safety might have the chops to play linebacker at Penn State. Ron. So I drove to his high school and I'm outside the coach's office watching a big screen television game tape, you know, just watching Sean and waiting for the game that evening. And Sean pops in and he sits down with me and he starts talking and he's watching the game with me and he starts narrating every single play, talking about everybody on defense and, and the offense tendencies. And I could just tell, man, this guy's really into it. And when I watched him play that evening, he was a safety and he was a tailback. He ran for 200 yards against a rival high school and on defense, boy, he'd come up and strike you. Yep, I think his high school coach Jim Render said he came downhill like a freight train from his safety position. So Sean had summarily impressed the defensive coordinator at Penn State and the linebacker coach. And they didn't have to do much of a sell job on the head coach, Joe Paterno. Everything they told him was like music to his ears. He had a new linebacker. He came to Penn State, and freshman year was 2005, and we ended up winning the Big Ten that year. Penn State won 11 games in Sean's freshman year and played in a BCS bowl game, but we'll get back to that. Hey, Coach Bradley, Sean was a high school safety who hit like a hammer, but you're moving him to linebacker, right? Because Penn State is linebacker you. He was just so aggressive, you know, like, so he'd be, he'd be up around the line of scrimmage on the play action passes, so we figured we might as well move him there. Now things are coming together. Aggressive, hard-hitting, Sean is a linebacker at Linebacker U. Ron, what kind of impression did he make on the team in his freshman camp? Sean got the nickname of Fetch Forward, because everything he did was full speed. And after two days of practice, I had to pull him aside and said, Sean, I love your intensity but you're going to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah, he was tackling every scout gamer to the ground. So his freshman year, Sean paid his dues until week number seven, when he was inserted in the game as a linebacker for the first time against the Ohio State University, a huge game, number 16 Penn State versus number six Ohio State. That first taste of Big Ten hitting, and it was a huge victory as Penn State prevailed 17-10 in a defensive battle to get their record to 6-0. Sean played more and more the rest of that season, and in the biggest game of them all, the BCS Orange Bowl against Florida State, Sean was suddenly in the game and in the middle of the defense. People forget that Marathon Orange Bowl, that triple overtime game. Paul got hurt, and Sean had to go in. A potential national championship game and Paul Posluzny, the All-American and a team captain who had 116 tackles on the year, leaves the game hurt and freshman Sean Lee is in. He's just a freshman. People, what were you nervous? I go, no, that's Sean Lee, not nervous at all. You know what I mean? I played lights out. 
It's the Orange Bowl, with a possible national championship on the line, and a freshman goes in in quarter number three and plays every play through a now three-overtime game. A three-overtime victory. Penn State wins 26-23, and Sean Lee is now cemented as a Nittany Lions starting linebacker. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. His sophomore season, he played every game, recording 90 tackles and five sacks on a ranked team. His junior year, he had 138 tackles and was an All-American. His senior year never got started in 2008 as he blew out his right knee in spring practice. His senior year is now done. I was in spring football going into my true senior year. I tore my right ACL. Man, things were rolling along so good and then a torn ligament in his right knee before his senior year. It sucks. But his teammates wouldn't let him be away from the team. They still named him a team captain even though he couldn't play. They did, which was unbelievable of them. And when you get injured, your natural reaction is you're frustrated, you want to disconnect from the team. You go from being a huge part of the team to feeling like you're not part of the team at all. They kept me connected, they kept me in meetings, they allowed me to help the young guys. And so even though I was injured, I still was part of the team. So the team wanted him around, not off rehabbing and disconnected from them. And it turns out the coaches felt the same way about Sean's value to the team, even if he wasn't going to be able to play. Coach Ron. Coach Paterno had uh, tremendous respect for Sean. And he changed the rule for him that when a player got hurt, they went with the strength coach the entire practice. We see this every year at Cowboys practices. Guys that are hurt are on the side fields with medical staff and trainers at the end usually of bungee cords, rehabbing their injuries while the rest of the team prepares for games week in and week out on the active fields. Here's Ron. 
And so I had to fight that battle with Coach Paterno. He had never done that. I said, Coach, you know, Sean is a coach on the field. He, he's too valuable to be just for a couple coaches, you know, old school coaches. They were not into that. And, and Coach Paterno, he kind of went against the old school method. He goes, yeah, I'm going to side with Ron in this one, fellas. Let's let Sean help, help Ron coach those players. I've never heard of anything like that, not ever. He helped me coach. I could hear him talking to a player and telling them the same thing I would have told another player, but in a different way. I learned from Sean. How many times do you think you would hear a coach say that he learned from one of his players at the D1 college level on a team that was regularly in the national championship picture? I think never. Sean had knee ligament issues, as we all know. And here's something that we didn't know. You know, the ligament he had was, was kind of a genetic. I believe his sister and maybe even his father had a similar ACL injury where the ligament kind of rubbed. They had a little notch on the knee. The doctor had to go in and kind of file that down and then repair the ligament. Now, Sean never shared that genetic thing with me, but I guess he wouldn't. Such a hard-nosed, unbelievable player, and he was predisposed to major injuries. In my sports brain right now, that almost seems wrong. And then it happened again. Another ligament injury in the other knee just after the beginning of his redshirt fifth year began. Coach Ron. So when Sean got hurt the second time, I was concerned he would just be, you know, a mess mentally because of that injury. He, he was really philosophical about it. He said, yeah, coach, nobody's fault. He says, just one of those things. He said, sooner or later, it was going to go just like the other knee. He said, so it went and I got it fixed and I should be good as new after that. And what I found out was that it mentally it made me a better football player. I mean, that was really how he approached it. Sean obviously had such faith in, what was it his high school coach Render called it? The doing right philosophy. That was basically the only rule we had. Do right on the field, off the field. Sean did right, he thought right, and he just pushed forward. And in just under a month, he was back on the field to complete his senior year at Penn State. He played in 10 of their 13 games, making 86 tackles, getting two sacks, and having two INTs. Sean Lee is now headed to the NFL. But with the injury baggage, teams will have to decide where his value falls because except for a couple of knee injuries, Sean Lee is clearly different. Because he's different, he also makes everybody around him a little bit better. Very regimented, you know, he's in the weight room at 6 a.m. He eats the right thing, he trains right, he does everything right. He is one of the ultimate team players. He, when he's on the field, there is never a playoff. Never. Right. If you had 11 Sean Lees, you'd just be like, okay, let's win the national championship and get ready for another one. The ultimate team player. He makes everybody better. He's smart and he studies and he hustles and he's intense and he's everything you want in a player and a teammate. But he's had two knee injuries in 18 months at Penn State heading into draft day. Day one comes and goes. He's not going in round one with injury questions. But he has got a shot to go early on day two, and maybe to his hometown team to fulfill a lifelong dream of becoming a Pittsburgh Steeler. Now, how perfect would that be? On that day, you know, we had the 50-second pick, and 
I thought maybe I, I could go there. That would have probably worked out well for him. He would have never had to leave the state. The Steelers were known to be hunting a linebacker in the second round. Why not one from their own backyard who clearly plays with the necessary disposition to wear the black and gold? You know, draft day is fun because you have a lot of your friends there, but it's also nerve-wracking because you don't know when you're going to get drafted. A house full of well-wishers planning on a celebration. At 52, they ended up passing on me. That was a tough decision for them. And I know it was between Sean and a, a bigger guy, and I think that's what happened. I think Sean would have been, obviously, he would have been perfect for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they play football and the way he plays football, but it just didn't work out. It seems like the Steelers of Sean's hometown Pittsburgh would have been a perfect fit, but maybe not. Coach Render? In reality, it was the best thing for him. He didn't meet all the Pittsburgh people hounding him every day if he was a Pittsburgh Steeler. You know, I hadn't even thought about that. Maybe staying at home with all your friends and family to play professional football wouldn't have been the best. Too many people around pulling at you when you needed to be fully engaged each week to be a successful NFL player. Okay, I'll buy that. But at that moment, when the Steelers chose a bigger guy for their linebacker at number 52, Sean felt the pressure turn up. I could see my whole family was deflated. So I walk outside. I have all my buddies there. They got there a little early. They're having a lot of fun. and So half the house is having fun. The rest of the family is kind of you know, nervous about where I'm going to go. So you've wandered outside and you're in a mild panic. What do you do to stay engaged with this draft? You're keeping your phone lines open and you're hoping. And after that pick, I didn't know where I was going to go. Your new teams liked you, but did they take me off their board? That was the second or third round that day. You know, you had people over. You want to get drafted that day. A heart-in-throat moment for a young man, no doubt. But back in Dallas, unbeknownst to Sean, the Cowboys at pick number 55, just three picks after the Steelers, are having big discussions about drafting him. Here's the Cowboys' Will McClay, who is now the VP of Player Personnel. But in 2010, he was the pro scouting coordinator. If you got a first-round talent, if it wasn't for the injuries, we were willing to roll the dice and get him in the second. Jerry being the guy that sees value in taking them, we dug and did all the background research going back to high school and all that other stuff. And Woj was from the area, so he knew people. He was a big Pittsburgh guy. Okay, I gotta explain Woj. Woj is John Wojciechowski. He was the Northeast College Scouting Director for the Cowboys in 2010. He had attended Duquesne University himself. He was a Pittsburgh guy. And by the way, he was all over Sean Lee for the Cowboys. I remember going through the board and looking at the options that were there. I know Sean stuck out like a, a blinking light. All of the traits that he had and what we're looking for, the only deal was the injury. And uh, you know, that was when Jerry, the general manager, made the call that that's the guy that we need to go with because of all of the glowing remarks that we had. The majority of his grades were first-round grades. So when Jerry saw that, that was right up our alley to go get. I'm sitting with my brother. I'm saying, literally, man, I don't think I'm going to get drafted. Boom, the phone call. It's an unknown number. And on the other lines, you know, Jerry Jones. What did he say? He said, Sean, you're going to be a cowboy. Hello? Hey, Sean Lee. Yes, sir. This is Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Boy, them damn Steelers really pooped the bed, didn't they? I thought for sure they'd take you at 52. We're so happy to have you here as a Dallas Cowboy. We're going to get you into town as quickly as we can, get you with our coaches and our coordinators. We're going to work you, Sean. You're going to have a good time. You're going to love being a Dallas Cowboy. Welcome to Dallas, Sean Lee. So at pick number 55 in the second round of the 2010 NFL Draft, 
the Dallas Cowboys selected linebacker Sean Lee from Penn State University. I took off and I ran up my stairs and I came busting in the house. And half of my house, the family's here, friends are on the other side. I come in, I say, I'm going to be a cowboy. He walked back in that door with a big smile on his face. My family goes crazy, my friends, they walk out. You know, they weren't happy. They did not want to root for the cowboys. So did your family ever convert to rooting for the hated cowboys? And what about your friends? The family switched pretty quick. And at least I think a lot of my friends did. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25 horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. You know, when we played them, I've seen some of my friends, you know, they'll have my jersey on, but underneath they have black and gold. So I don't know if they've completely converted. (laughs) In Sean's seventh year in Dallas in 2016, the Cowboys went to Pittsburgh and played at Heinz Field, only about 30 minutes from Sean's home in Pittsburgh. The Cowboys came to town with a seven-game winning streak and two kids running their offense, Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. The Cowboys won that game in a walk-off as Zeke busted a 34-yard run with nine seconds left in the game to give the Cowboys a 35-30 win. After the game, Sean's friends and family all had on their number 50 Cowboys jerseys to greet their man, Sean. Seven years later, the support group was now in full support. It took a while, Sean. I knew the history growing up, and you know, I was probably in third grade when the Cowboys beat the Steelers in Super Bowl 30, so you know, I saw it the other way around. You knew that this rivalry ran deep. Every time we played them, either in Dallas or in Pittsburgh, there's a ton of Cowboys fans, a ton of Steelers fans, and they come loud, and they really support both teams. There's two incredible franchises with tradition. Sean knew his history, and he knew himself. Playing in the NFL was always going to be about team and tradition for him, and he wanted to be a leader for his team. So early on, he put his eyes on Jason Witten, who he considered a mentor. 
anything that he had to face, he attacked head on. Whether it was a one-on-one -on -one in practice, whether it was working out in the offseason, or whether or not it was some type of issue we had to deal with the team, he never backed away from it. And that's something that I learned from him. Sean is the ultimate teammate. You know, he's everything you want. And his ability to come in the program, see how we do it, watch, learn, be him. He was true to himself and the way he goes about it and then become his own. I don't view myself as a mentor to him. I view, truly view myself as a brother to him. Jason Witten and Sean Lee, two all-time Cowboys who seemingly always did it right. And I have to tell you a separate story here. One season late in his career, Sean had agreed to do a radio show with me on a Tuesday night out at a restaurant, usually an off night for the players. But right before the show, he called me and he said, I can't come. Brady, I can't move. Sunday's game had been so violent and hard on his body that on Tuesday, he still couldn't walk. I selfishly pushed him to come. We had sponsors coming or whatever. And he did because he's that guy. My son, Jake, and I went to the back door of that restaurant and pulled him out of his car. I went around to one side and pushed him. Jake pulled him out of the other. That's how he got him out. When he stood up, he put both arms around our necks and we basically carried him in the back door of that restaurant. When he got close to the stage, he let go of us and he limped his way up onto that small stage. He was in so much pain. He did three segments with me on ESPN radio and I snuck him out the back door during our final segment so fans wouldn't be able to corner him for autographs. I had never seen anything like it. He was virtually locked up like a mummy. He couldn't move. He couldn't move his arms. He couldn't move his legs. He was covered in bruises. The soreness and the pain were so evident I'd never seen it. And yet the next day, the very next day, after two more late evening massages on Tuesday night, four ice baths on Wednesday morning, he was on the field, first in line for linebacker drills. Amazing. Will McClay. There's been very few people that I've been around that found ways to pull themselves up by the bootstraps like Sean did every week. Every week for 11 years, that slightly undersized linebacker from Pittsburgh got himself off the training table on Monday and out of the massages and the cold baths on Tuesday to lead his defensive teammates in drills to get ready for their next opponent on Wednesday. It was amazing to watch. And I would often ask Sean why. Why not take a Wednesday off every now and then? Everyone knows who you are. We in the media wouldn't criticize. Your teammates know you. The fans know you. They know how hard you go. Will McClay. Sean and I remained close, and I, you know, and I got close with his agent about trying to talk to him and letting him know that it was okay to miss a practice, to preserve yourself. You know, the games are on Sunday. Uh, that's just not how he was wired. I would often press him. I would say, Sean, why? His answer was always the same. Brady, I lead them. I am their example. I go first in linebacker drills. I go hard from the very first one. We don't start slow and build up. We go hard all day. That's my role. A couple of years ago when he had had, I think it was his groin, his leg was black and blue all the way down. He's still trying to get ready for practice to be able to go out and do whatever he could to get the looks. He was different in that way. And maybe he should have taken a few days here and there in his 11 years. Maybe his career would have lasted longer. But the other thing that always hung around Sean's neck was how many games he'd missed due to injury. He felt badly about every game he missed for his team, for his teammates, for the city of Dallas, and for you, the fans. So no, no days off if he could walk. None. He undoubtedly always carried that with him. I mean, you know, whenever he would get hurt, that would be 
number one thing is I got to be out there for the team. I can't let guys down. I don't want to let you guys down. That was a driving factor that made him who he was as a player because the most important thing to him was the team and being there for the team. And those are rare, rare, rare qualities. I've covered the NFL now for over 20 years, and I'm just stating facts. In today's NFL, with all the violent collisions, and let's face it, all the money, guys are apt to take care of themselves and take days off to preserve their bodies and potentially lengthen their careers. And I don't say it with judgment, but Sean Lee wouldn't do it. Team, team, team. And as we heard, rare, rare, rare. I think Sean Lee was the consummate cowboy because he always came to work every day and the number one thing to him was the team and winning. Yes, it was. Winning and accountability to his teammates and to the fans. When you get later in your career, you realize how fleeting it is. And really, if you don't win the championship, there's a pit in your stomach that you almost haven't accomplished anything. As much as, you know, like, as much as you've had success in certain games and there's certain accolades you might have, it doesn't mean much unless you win a championship with guys you love. I took to the locker room a while back with Jake to ask a prominent, great Dallas Cowboy, Zach Martin, about Sean Lee. Is there a better example in your tenure here of what a Dallas Cowboy is than former Pittsburgh fan Sean Lee? No, there's really not. He's been a Pro Bowl, he's been an All-Pro player, but he comes in and treats each day like he's a rookie. He's one of the best examples of, of what a teammate and what a football player should be. Will McClay. Whenever you bring up Sean, I think about him being out on the field and he's injured and we'd be done with practice. He would go out after practice when he was doing his rehab and work on reading his keys, his steps, his footwork, everything to be the best that he could possibly be, not only internally, but from what he felt he owed people that believed in him, which is a rare, rare quality. And he's one of my favorite people in the world. Scouts, directors of player personnel, those guys go hunting day in and day out for the best players, but also the right guys. They're hard to find. Those guys that care and feel a sense of responsibility to the league and their teams and the men and women who champion them to make it all the way to the NFL. So don't be surprised when a guy like Will McClay, a key cog in this Cowboys machine, says Sean Lee is one of his favorite people in the world. And here's why. Because Sean gave back what Will told people he would go and get, and few players do. So after 11 years and 995 tackles to go along with 14 interceptions plus two Pro Bowls and one first-team All-Pro election, Sean Lee retired from the NFL in late April of 2021. He didn't call a press conference, he just humbly put out a statement, and it started like this, quote, For 11 seasons I was privileged to wear the Cowboys star. We want to play forever but it's my time to walk away. And it ended with this. Whenever I'm near a field, the smell brings me back to when I first started playing, pulling on a helmet, trying on shoulder pads, that perfect tackle. To think of that journey now, experiencing things I never thought possible with the men and women who made this game what it is. I am beyond grateful. Thank you, Cowboys Nation. It has been my honor. So now my last request is this, Will McClay, Stephen and Jerry Jones, get Sean Lee back to Dallas to properly influence this young, really good team. And let's get that damn Super Bowl trophy back to Dallas, Will. I'm trying to do whatever I can to keep him engaged with the Cowboys because those are the people that players nowadays need to see and need to emulate. 
Amen, Will. And thanks, Sean Lee, for letting us in on your cowboy life. <laughs> <laughs>